gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast episode 91 which is entitled it's time i am your host g2 and before i get into the topics today i would like to ask of you whether you're on apple podcast google podcast spotify uh amazon music or whatever listening services you are on listening to this podcast one i want to say thank you and two if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, that'd be greatly appreciated because when you do that, it helps the algorithms and it helps people know that this podcast exists. And with that, it allows future sponsorships to come into this podcast and that will help me uh, in the future. But for now, I would just like for you to please just subscribe and just that'd be great. Um, before I get into the topics today, let me read you off the National Food Days of the Week. Today, Sunday, September the 11th, is Hot Cross Bun Day. Tomorrow, September 12th, it is Chocolate Milkshake Day. September the 13th, which is a Tuesday, Chocolate Day, as well as Peanut Day. September 14th, Cream-Filled Donut Day. September 15th, National Cheese Toast Day, as well as Linguine Day. Creme de Mentith Day, I believe that's an adult beverage, so drink responsibly. Uh, Double Cheeseburger Day as well. September 16th, it is Guacamole Day as well as Cinnamon Raisin Bread Day. And to cap it off, September 17th, Monte Cristo Day as well as Apple Dumpling Day. Now, before I get into the heavy topics today, I just want to start off with something light. This is coming from CNN Business. Kellogg's wants you to add water to its new cereal. Now, what this means is that Kellogg's is now trying to have a new like Insta Bowl. If you know what the Insta Bowl is, is basically you get a bowl that's already prepackaged in a plastic container. The only thing you gotta do is pour milk into it, and there you go, Insta Bowl, Insta cereal. But they're doing something different. As it goes to the article, the company's new Insta Bowl looks traditional, uh, single serving bowls, light tubes of cereal designs to be eaten dry or with milk. But the Insta Bowls also contain milk powder. When you add cold water and stir, the milk rehydrates and voila, instant milk and cereal. This is the first time that we're able to give consumers the opportunity to make milk and cereal experience without having milk readily available, said Chris Stokesky, marketing director at Kellogg. This can go with you wherever. The bowls come in four varieties, Frosted Flakes, Raisin Bran, Fruit Loops, and Apple Jacks. They are rolling out at select Walmart stores and available nationally at walmart.com and cost $1.98 per bowl. So if you want just cereal and you don't have milk anywhere in your house, I will say you probably just want to get the Insta Bowl because you always put cold water into it and it already has the milk powder into it. You shake it up or stir it, whatever you want to do. There you go. You got cereal and processed milk into it. And I have never ever seen anything like this. I never, I've heard about powdered milk. It's like you get milk, but you got like, I don't know, it goes through some type of uh, process. It doesn't like kill the milk. It just basically cracks it and makes it powder. So you're still drinking milk, but it's just not the same form it once it once 
was at the beginning, if you kind of catch my drift here. So, that's what Kellogg's coming out with soon. Uh, you can catch that in Walmart. Now, on to the condolences. Uh, this week was a week of heaviness for people in the entertainment business. Uh, to start off with CNN, former CNN anchor Bernard Shaw died Wednesday at a Washington, D.C. hospital of pneumonia unrelated to COVID-19. Shaw's family announced Thursday Shaw was 82. Shaw was CNN's first chief anchor and was with the network when it launched on June 1st, 1980. He retired from CNN after more than 20 years on February 28, 2001. During his storied career, Shaw reported on some of the biggest stories of that time, including the student revolt in Tiananmen Square in May 1989, the first Gulf War live from Baghdad in 1991, and the 2000 presidential election. Funeral services for Shaw will be closed to family and invite guests only with a public memorial service planned at a later time, his family said. So CNN, well, former CNN uh, anchor Bernard Shaw died this week at the age of 82. Another person that passed away, unfortunately, this week was uh, comedian David A. Arnold. This comes from Deadline. David A. Arnold, Netflix comedian and That Girl Lele creator, was 54 years old when he passed away. The Arnold family issued a statement confirming the death. It was with great sadness that we confirmed the ultimate passing of our husband, father, brother, and friend, David A. Arnold. David passed away peacefully today in his home, and doctors have ruled the cause of death due to natural causes. Please keep our family in prayer and respect our privacy at this time, as we are all shocked and devastated by this loss. Arnold started out as a stand-up comic, performing at Montreal Comedy Festival and on Jamie Foxx, Laugh-A-Palooza on Comedy Central, among other projects. He wrote for several comedy series, including Meet the Browns, The Ricky Smiley Show, Raising Whitley, and Tyler Perry's House of Pain. He also created and was executive producer and showrunner on Nickelodeon's hit series, That Girl Lele making him one of few black showrunners in Hollywood. We are shocked and incredibly saddened by the sudden passing of our dear friend and creative partner, David A. Arnold Nickelodeon said in a statement, David was an immense talent and a gifted storyteller with a range, with a wide range of fans from adults through his stand-up to kids and families through Nickelodeon show he created and executive produced for us, that girl Lele. On behalf of everyone at Nickelodeon, we send our thoughts and condolences to his family and his friends and his fans. See, the David A. Arnold one right here, this one shocked me because 54, I knew who the guy was just because over pandemic, because my mother showed me like a Instagram uh, video of him like messing around with his family, like making like small comedy, not even say comedy skits, but like comedy jokes with his family. Turning, like, everyday, like, situations into something that's laughable, like his kids not picking up after themselves or trying to figure out why they need a dog. And then ultimately later down the line, you see videos popping up and he's talking about, okay, he had to give in and give his family a dog. And ultimately he ends up liking the dog. Like I said, this guy was good, man. And he just came out with a Netflix special. This was the second Netflix special that came out in July. And in that one, he talks about his upbringing. Like, it's it's a lot whenever you just seen it. And now you're like, okay, you don't expect nothing like 
to happen to anybody that you just having to like watch their show or something like that. And the guy's healthy. He trains, he runs and all this type of stuff. He took you on his journey from being somebody that constantly worked underground in comedy to the point that he got to now. And he just starting to get up to that point in Hollywood where everybody's about to know exactly who he is to now dropped. He's no longer on this earth at the age of 54 due to natural causes. 54, again, is something that uh you don't expect. You think that you still got some more time. You think that, okay, I'm in the middle of my life here. I'm not going to drop yet, but I'm starting to pick things up and now I got to put things in the right position so I can leave my people good. But 54, you just don't think that, oh, I'm just going to drop now. No, you, but uh, it did. And this one just shocked me when my mother, like, text that to me i was completely perplexed and i still am now just for the natural causes part but a the family and the doctors said it so i'm not gonna uh dig more into that so again rest in peace to uh david a arnold rest in peace to uh, mr bernard shaw and now you know where i'm about to go to next um this past wednesday the queen queen of england Queen Elizabeth, she passed away at the age of 96. And let me say this to you right now. Boy, oh boy, was there a mixed bag of people talking about their reactions to the Queen passing away. But before I get into the mixed bags, I just want to read you something from The Independent. It says, University condemns professors' post wishing Queen excruciating death. Carnegie Mellon University has condemned social media posts by one of its professors after Dr. Julia Anya wished the queen an excruciating death and tweeted that she hoped the queen would die in agony. Dr. Anya made the comments Thursday as reports emerged that the queen was in her final hours. I heard the chief monarch of a thriving raping genocidal. Empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating, the professor wrote before it was announced the queen had died. Twitter took down the tweet for violating its policy. It has not responded to the independence request for a comment. Dr. Anya faced a serious Twitter backlash for seeming insensitive, even from Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, who then came in for criticism himself. Well, People basically criticized him, but the professor responded by doubling down on the tweet. If anyone expects me to express anything but disdain for the monarch who supervised a government that sponsored the genocide that massacred and displaced half my family and the consequences of which those alive today are still trying to overcome, you could keep wishing upon a star, she tweeted. She also responded to Bezos tweeting at him directly. She tweeted something. And they were able to translate it, which roughly translate to Igbo, insult, wishing someone death. May everyone, you and your merciless greed, have harm in this world. Remember you as fondly as I remember my colonizers. Dr. Anya's employer, Carnegie Mellon, the Pennsylvania University where she is an associate professor of second language acquisition, quickly issued a statement on Thursday. We do not condone the offensive and objectionable messages by Anya today on her personal social media account, the university tweeted. Free expression is core to the mission of higher education, 
However, the views shared absolutely do not represent the values of the institution nor the standards of discourse we seek to foster. Now, that's just one person saying something about Queen Elizabeth. I've seen a lot of other tweets. I've seen people do TikToks in front of the Buckingham Palace. And I believe it was like three, no, no, not three. It was like five white dudes. I'm not sure if they're Irish or not, but they were doing river dancing to another one bites the dust in front of Buckingham Palace. I found it hilarious because, again, I just find things like that completely hilarious. And it's funny. It's funny to me. I'm not English. I, well, I speak English, but you get the drift. I'm not from England. So that wasn't offensive to me. I know what they're doing. They're taking the piss out of this whole situation because whenever Queen Elizabeth did pass, we found out that England shut down. They shut the whole place down. They were just all just like, okay, this is the day that we're stopping because our queen has passed. Now, I want to read you something here from the New York Times. It says, a global outpouring of grief mixed with criticism of the monarchy. She had the longest reign of any royal in British history more than 70 years, and most of the world's population now alive has known no other British monarch than Queen Elizabeth II. So the reaction to her death was both global and personal. Often with the death of a predominant figure, the world may sigh and quickly move on. But the reaction Thursday felt different, more heartfelt and at times intense, including blunt anti-monarchist strains that pierced, well, that pierced the outpouring of grief flowing on social media and in news broadcasts around the world. I feel like we were unprepared for it because everyone was saying she'll outlive us all said William Sawtell, 28, a student of music production in England. You see her face everywhere. She's in everyone's pocket, and now we're going to have kings for generations and generations. Many of the official reactions of leaders raid as prepackaged sentiment prepared long ago and then brushed up, but some seem genuine as if an important constant in life had suddenly vanished. French President Emmanuel Macaroon said that the Queen had embodied the continuity and unity of the British nation for more than 70 years. I remember her as a friend of France, a kind-hearted Queen who has left a lasting impression on her country and her century, he wrote on Twitter. But South African political party, the economic freedom fighter, said in a statement that it would not mourn the Queen because to us her death is a reminder of a very tragic period in this country and Africa's history. In the article, it would say that during her long reign, it added she never once acknowledged the atrocities her family inflicted on Native people that British invaded across the world. Okay, so as you can tell from this, you're going to get mixed reactions from people. I'm pretty sure everybody has seen it. I've seen it everywhere. People are happy. People are not happy. Whatever the case may be. Listen to me. Listen to me now. Okay? People are going to pass. People are going to die. There's going to be nations that are going to hold up somebody that was either their leader as a hero in that country. And everybody else, we're going to look at them as Satan themselves. A.K.A., for example, uh, Osama Bin Laden. Over there in the Middle East, somewhere over there, I can't really pinpoint right now, there are certain people that see Saddam Hussein, uh, Osama Bin Laden, as heroes. Certain people do. Over here in the West, we see 
Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden as devils. We see them as evil people. We see them as just strictly evil. And we try to figure out how do people celebrate these men that did evil things in the past. Well, because over there, they were heroes to their people over there. That's the same thing that went down with Queen Elizabeth over there in England. There's going to be certain people that have ties to England that feel that, okay, she was good. She did what she had to do. She was our queen. She was our queen for 70 years, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. That's what they're going to do. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here. I just don't understand what's the deal with the queen stuff. I don't get it. I don't understand why people like really care about the royalty if you're not over there in England. Like in America, you shouldn't really care about the royals. I mean, cool. We get swept up. And I mean by we, I mean as a big over uh, general arching point for this. People get caught up in the presentation of royalty. They get caught up in... uh. 19th century England, if you will. People dressing up in the powdered wigs. People dressing up with the corset. That's I. That's like the iron corset around them. That with the big busty like dresses and all that type of stuff. The horses and buggies and all that type of stuff. I think Americans have gotten themselves so entranced with the idea of that. What we see on. PBS from time to time or Bridgerton that you just associate that with royalty you associate that with England the queen and all that type of stuff or vice versa you associate the queen with stuff like Bridgerton and all that type of mess either way you want to go about it I think that's why people in the west focus on the royal family quote-unquote that's just how I think about it me, I don't care about the royal family like that. I don't care because I'm not over there. I care about what's going down over here, what's going on in my household, what's going down with the people that I talk to, all that type of stuff. If it doesn't have anything to pertain to myself, my family, or people that I personally care about, I really don't care. So when Queen Elizabeth passed away, I kind of knew it was coming. I don't know if you guys or any of you guys that are now listening to this stuff I want you guys to go back to last year's episode. There's an episode called Mortality. And I recorded that. And that was directly the week of... Well, this was already after the fact. Um, when DMX and Philip passed away. Queen Elizabeth's husband. And I questioned... Why would people cry about a man that was in his 90s, and everybody knew that he was about to go compared to somebody that was what? DMX was in his 40s, 50s, almost the exact same thing like David Arnold. Passed away just suddenly. Because DMX, before he passed away, you saw him doing a versus battle with Snoop Dogg. He was just doing, like, drink champs with Noriega. I mean, he was out there doing things, and then next thing you know, drop, dead. It was shocking then and still shocking now when you start to really look at these things. Why are people shocked that she passed away? It was time for her to go. It's been time for Queen Elizabeth to go. Nobody's saying drop dead and die now. Well, certain people are, as you just heard me read an article. 
and somebody sweet. But Queen Elizabeth lived a full life. I personally thought that, okay, this is right around the ballpark where I thought she was going to pass away because she just lost her love, the man that she's been with for God knows how long, majority all of her life, just like how she's been the queen literally her whole entire life. She's been married to Philip her whole entire life. So whenever he passed, I thought, and I said, I don't know if I said it in that episode, but I know I said it after that episode, like in my, my uh, conversation with my family and people that know me. I said that I give the queen about a year because I always went off the assumption just like the Star Wars uh, woman, the woman that played Princess Leia. She died, and I think her kid died after her, or either her kid died, and then she died after her. One or the two, because people said that the heart, that her heart was broken after her kid passed, and that she just couldn't live with herself, or either one or the two, vice versa. You can do the research yourself. I'm not doing it right now. But you get the drift here. I thought, okay, Queen Elizabeth's going to live one more year just to see how it is without Philip here, and then... She's if she likes it, she's here. But if not, she's gonna drop. And I think that's what happened here. She got old, and also it was another year. She wasn't with, she was without her husband. And like, all right, I'm gonna drop now. There's nothing more for me to hold on to here. I did what I had to do. I lived a long life. Bang, I'm done. So I don't understand why people are crying about Elizabeth passing. She was 96, dude. There was no more she can do on this earth legitimately nothing more she can do it wasn't like she was 40 30 20 50 or even 60 like that like she can do more things no she was 96 my people there was no more so that's just my thing queen elizabeth's gone she's out of here cool fine whatever doesn't uh take any water off my back now we got well not we but now england has charles as their king, and Charles is 73, about to turn 74 in November, and my guy ain't gonna hold on to that crown long, so people in England, listen to me now, listen to me well, don't get used to seeing Charles with the crown on his head, I say you give him about a good five years, tops 10, men don't usually last long in these type of situations, they usually die out, and Charles, he'd been waiting for years for his mother to give up the crown to him. And now that she passed away when he's 73, about to turn 74, he ain't going to have that crown long. So let me put it to you like this. Another five to ten years, you're going to get a new king. And that king's going to be William. And then that's the one that's going to be holding on for a long until he didn't pass. And then, then it goes on and goes on until somebody decides to kill the monarchy what I mean by kill, I don't mean physically kill him. I'm talking about kill the institution of the monarchy. Like, there's no more uh, king and queen and all that type of stuff. No, you guys are no longer that. You guys are now be going into the legitimate uh, political system and all that type of stuff. There's no more king and queen. But I don't see that happening. So England's going to continue with that. So, recap it. Queen Elizabeth, she passed away. Cool, fine, whatever. People are going to say things. People are going to uh, praise her to be a hero. Some people are going to condemn her to be the devil because she never helped out. That's one. Two, Charles. 
Okay, Charles is around to be king for five to ten years. That's just me. Five is my best option. Ten is like, okay, he really fought for this ten. But I say he's going to live for five, okay? Another thing that I'm looking at right now, there were a whole lot of people talking about Princess Diana and all that type of stuff with uh, Queen Elizabeth. I don't know the whole story behind it. I don't. I know that they say that Elizabeth was a rocker with Diana and the relationship with her and her son or whatever the case may be. I don't know none of that, okay? I just know that people were losing their dummy dumb mind with the memes and the gifts saying that Princess Diana is going to be kicking <laughs> Elizabeth down the stairs as she's trying to go up to the gateway of heaven. I've seen that gif. I've seen the memes of it. I personally find it hilarious when you think about and you hear about the rumors of how uh, Elizabeth and Diana didn't get to, along with each other. It's funny to me. I find this whole thing just personally hilarious. So right now in the Diana camp, Elizabeth's out. They're just waiting for Charles to be out. And then once that is done, I guarantee you somebody's going to tweet out saying, now Princess Diana can rest. Because they're always going off of what happened in past with royalty in that family. Me again, I'm just going to watch, sit back, and just look at the whole thing. Because I find the royalty thing... As nothing but a big old circus. I would like for the royalty title to be defended. Like, every, what, four years? Every four to five years? Why not? Because how does one family get to just dictate as kings for, like, the rest of their time? You gotta, like, marry into that for you to gain any type of, like, lordship to be a lord of a certain place or blah 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 dude no i guarantee there's a lot of people there that are probably more humble than some of those people that are quote-unquote in that family so i would like for that like position to be defended every about four or five years and probably because i'm probably like biased because i just got done watching yu yu hakam show like literally that whole series and during the series you'll see where they literally have this exact same situation that I'm talking about right now. A certain position has to be defended every four to five years. So I could just be biased because I just got done watching that whole series, but I could be onto something. Why not have the title of royal family be defended every five years? That's be fair because it gives everybody a shot to do it. And plus you'll see a whole lot of people more likely be in the gym if they want to like rule the city, rule the crown and all that type of stuff why not what's the worst thing that could happen right so for me i think that the royal family title should be straight up just defended every four to five years just like presidency just like everything else in politics you mean to tell me that the royal family that title gets to stay with you all the way that's just nuts to me but hey man i'm not ahead of that i'm not in control of that i know if i was that's one thing I will be making into Creed. Okay, we're defending that title every four to five years. Another thing that came out of Queen Elizabeth uh, passing was Kanye West. He decides to uh, release all his grudges. This has come from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, Kanye West is a changed man. Again, the death of British monarch Queen Elizabeth II has prompted the combative Yeezus rapper to settle his ongoing public feuds 
following a tumultuous year. Life is precious, Ye wrote early Friday, releasing all grudges today, leaning into the light. In recent weeks, Ye has mounted an unrelenting online offensive against his Yeezy footwear manufacturer Adidas and its executives as well as fashion giant Gap. He also had choice words all year for his ex-wife Kim Kardashian, her extended family, and her ex-boyfriend comedian Pete Davidson, and friend-turned-punching-bag rapper Kid Cudi, among several others. The recording artist and fashion designer gave few specifics about the grudges, but in a since-deleted post, he offered best wishes and blessings to Pete, Cuddy, Daniel Cherry. That post also reportedly featured photos of Queen Elizabeth II in Yeezy sunglasses, TMZ reported. That was on Instagram. Apparently, uh, Daniel Cherry is someone that works in Adidas, and I think Kanye had a problem with Adidas because they tried to, like, write him out or didn't say nothing about it, and they, like, lowered his fashion on his Yeezy's like footwear and, and Kanye had a problem with it but nevertheless Kanye is saying that he is releasing all his offense he is trying to give up his grudges with people hey man that's a good thing again I put down on this episode it's time it's time for people to just start doing whatever they think is right that's why I just have it's time whatever you think it's time for it's time if you think it's time for you to let go of your grudges it's time if you think it's time for you to just go about your day and screw everybody else, it's time. If you think it's time for you to just just figure out what you want to do with yourself, it's time. Stop putting off stuff. Just do it. It's time. If Kanye, a man that has been battling his own self, trust me, and he's been having battles with himself, with the bipolarness and all this type of stuff, he is known for having and all this type of stuff people ladies and gentlemen it's time for you to just get yourself together if kanye is willing to put his grudge down on people i'm not saying that you're automatically have to do it because kanye is doing it no i'm saying you can just take it one step at a time i want you to reassess yourself figure out is this grudge really worth it is this problem that you have with this person really worth it just you have these conversations with yourself to figure out okay is this thing worth it if it is, well, who am I to say to kill that grudge? Hold on to it. Trust me, I'm a man. I'm a believer. I'm holding on to a grudge that's worth it. But if it's not worth it, if it's not meaning anything, let it go. It's okay. It's fine. Let go of the grudge. You just know that you just can't be rocking with that person. You just know, like, all right, cool. I can't be rocking with you. But I'm not going to hold on to a grudge because it's killing me. It's not killing you. So, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you have to do, don't prolong it. Let go of whatever grudge it is. Do whatever type of program you got to do to let go of whatever you got to let go. Remember, it's time. It's time. As a matter of fact, also, last topic. Boy, oh boy, has this episode been quick too, by the way. Uh, I want to talk about something I've watched this week sporadically. Like, I'm trying to piece it out throughout this week because this has been a long thing. Uh, I've been watching the Food Fighters uh, tribute show to Taylor Hawkins. And let me say to see right now, they put on a great show for the people in London last Saturday. It was uh, last Saturday, 
September the 3rd that they had the show. But again, I said it a couple episodes ago that you can find it on Paramount Plus and also on Pluto. And I believe Hulu too has it up there too because you could Google it and they got it some type of thing up there. Anyway, uh, this was a good tribute show to this guy. Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of Foo Fighters. Uh, he had a whole lot of other like bands too. I didn't know that neither. When you watch the tribute show and you hear people talk about Taylor Hawkins and you see the people that he played with from his off time whenever he's not playing with Foo Fighters and he would just constantly make music, whether he's in a cover band or he's making like music with his other band or all this type of stuff. He's just a guy that was constantly just moving. He was a man that just loved doing what he was doing. And I think that's the meaning of life. You do what you want to do out here. As long as you're not hurting other people. If you are not hurting people, you're able to do what you want to do. That's the meaning of life. He was able to literally rock out with people that he grew up with. Well, not, yeah, grew up with one. He's actually able to rock out with people that he idolized too. He was able to make money off of just kicking around with a pair of people that he actually enjoyed being around and making a band and just playing music that will last the test of time. That's something that entertainment brings around, whether you're in the music industry, television industry, movie industry, uh, sporting. Listen, your talents will always carry throughout the rest of your time on this earth. And it will carry as long as there's film and everything else to follow along with it. And for Mr. Hawkins, he will always be in the music genre for being one of the people that people just like to see with a smiling on their face. He was a guy that people just like to be around. That's the type of environment that you got from that tribute show, from people talking about him, from people playing music. And they will just, you just feel it as they're playing that they are just enjoying themselves as they're playing a tribute show. A tribute show is supposed to be nothing but tears and sadness. No, this tribute show is nothing but them just jamming out. You got nothing but a lot of different people. You got people from Queen. You got people from ACDC. You got people from a band named James Gang that I didn't know of. I only know like the high top like bands out there and again i'm still even new to that because again i'm more of a rap hip-hop type of guy and even then i'm get hooked on to music that my brother hooks me on to so i'm a real real selective guy if you haven't figured it out with what i listen to but when you watch this tribute show you'll just be able to enjoy music it doesn't matter whether you're a rapper or you are a hip-hop guy, you like jazz, you like, just turn on this tribute show and just sit back and relax and just watch as these people just play music. Trust me, you will actually find yourself actually enjoying the music. And I did like two things about this tribute show. One, they showed you a, well, during throughout the whole tribute show, there'll be videos of Taylor like playing drums. There was one specific moment where David was like, he was just playing drums and playing drums. And it's like him on a drum set and is like on a 
platform that goes around a circle in the stadiums. This is archived footage, as you can tell. And there's other footage of him just playing around with his bandmates. Again, you just saw him as a cheerful guy in this tribute video, in this tribute show. You can get that. And two, towards the end of the show, Foo Fires will be up there and on drums will be Taylor Hawkinson's Taylor Hawkins' uh, kid playing drums. And he would play the drums for the song Hero. And you can watch that on YouTube. You can watch that anywhere else. Well, probably YouTube, but you can watch it and see the clip there on YouTube more specifically. But point being, his son was able to play it and people got to see his son play the drums. And people are saying that the son is literally like the father the way that he plays the drums. Again, I wouldn't know this because I'm just getting into the Foo Fighters earlier this year. I just got into them. I don't know much, but I take the words of music legends that have been around Taylor Hawkins and saying, yo, the kid is just like his father. So take that with what you will. The kid played nice. He did his father justice on the tribute show. And again, I just want to say congratulations to the people that pull off this tribute show. I think they probably got one more coming. I'm not sure of that. I think it was, I think when they first said it, they were going to be of two uh, shows. One in, like, England, where they just had. And the next one in the Staples Center, I believe. Don't hold me to that. But I believe. So, Again, congratulations to the Foo Fighters and all the celebrities that were able to put that uh, tribute show together for Taylor Hawkins. If you guys have uh, Paramount Plus, go watch it. I implore you, go watch it. I don't think you're going to uh, dislike what you hear. But I say break it up into days because it is literally a five hour and a, five hour and a half type situation, almost six hour type thing so you got to break that up you can do two hours each day so that's literally three days or you can do an hour each day so that's six days you can break it up and you will actually enjoy it but again congratulations to the food fighters um please keep everybody in your prayers again keep dave Grohl, keep the food fighters keep uh taylor hawkins family in there in your prayers as they are still going through the loss of their father and their husband and the bandmate and a best friend. Um, keep all these families in your prayers as well. Keep Queen Elizabeth's families in your prayer. Keep uh, David Arnold's family in your prayer. Keep Bernard Shaw's family in your prayer as well. Because, ladies and gentlemen, death is one of those things that we cannot escape. It's going to come for everybody. You just don't know when. You got to enjoy your time as you're here on this earth. And you just can't be a dick. You can't be that. Yes, you could be upset at people from time to time, but just don't be a dick. Okay? Now, with all that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening to the episode today. It was a very uh, short episode. I gave you guys probably about 40 minutes worth of content here. Um, I just felt that I didn't know what else to say after all this. Personally, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what else type of topic to talk about. I just felt that what was on my chest and... I'm just always leaning with my chest, leaning with my gut. And my gut says, cut it right here. I think we're done. So um, I hope you guys have a good Sunday. Hope you guys had a great Saturday. I want to also say, please keep the families that have lost 
loved ones uh, 21 years ago in 9-11, because today is 9-11. Please keep them in your prayers as well. It's a never forget situation in America. It's always going to be a never forget situation. So please just uh, keep the families that lost loved ones in 9-11 in your prayers. All right. Again, I hope you guys have a good Sunday. I love you all. I thank you all. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, all the other podcast systems that allow me to do what I do, say what I say and allow me to just be me and i want to thank you guys the audience for constantly downloading uh the episodes each week and listening to a guy just ramble about topics and you guys might pick up on something and you guys might take it along with you for the ride for the rest of your life or it just might be some of this fleeting thought process but anyway always remember i love you i love you i love I love you all. I thank you all. Please have a safe Sunday. And with that all being said, this has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.